But let's kick off the show as we usually do with Mr. Travis Yost. Travis, how's it going, bud? I'm doing good. How you doing, Andy? I'm doing well. I got to say, uh, you gave the uh, fancy stats for Carlo Koliakovo last week. He did not know those in-depth analytic numbers, and he, he requested that you be his agent. So I'll hook you guys up. <laughs> I should have been his agent ten years ago. I think it would have been a, a little more enriching. I think it might be past the point of the agent curve that it's value for me. But nevertheless, nevertheless, he liked he did like it. So we appreciate that. Um, so Travis, this week on TSN.ca, you looked at the most unpredictable teams by analyzing clubs that had wild swings of variance in their play. So what teams stuck out when doing this exercise to you? Yes, yeah, so it's interesting. You know, part of the, part of what sparked the piece is, I, you know, I feel like I've probably watched, I don't know, 20, 25, 30 Anaheim Ducks games this year, and I never know what team I'm going to see that night. And I think anecdotally, as fans, when we're watching games, we're like, uh, you know, there's certain teams where you're like, I don't know what they're going to bring tonight. Sometimes they look great. Sometimes they look terrible. And uh, I, I kind of wanted to fact check it. So what I did is I looked at every single game, and basically the deviations in performance game to game for every single team. And I, I was right about Anaheim, but a couple other teams that, that really stood out, um, Vancouver, Toronto, were both pretty near the top of the list, which I think is really interesting. Um, specific, specific to the Leafs, I never think of them as a team, especially lately, I think they're playing really well. I never think of them as a team that's put up a lot of, I, I guess, to be clear, stinkers versus you know really, really strong performances. But if you think about it, there was a good stretch in the middle of the season for about 20 games where the Leafs were kind of looking dog. Yeah. Uh, and the rest of the season, the rest of the season, they've looked really, really good. So, uh, you know, mathematically, I, I think that that ties out, even though I didn't, it didn't register for me as, Hey, the Leafs are one of these teams. They, they certainly would apply. Um, I, it, it was just very interesting to me though, to see how many teams kind of rack and stack um, in, in that manner. Um, it, Anaheim actually, which I thought was the most interesting team uh, of the group. They had far and away the largest deviation from, from their worst performance of the year to their best performance of the year. There was a game this year where Anaheim only got 25% of the shots, and there was another game where they got close to 75%. Let me, let me be clear. That, that doesn't happen very frequently. So, yeah, <laughs> they, they, are, they are the uh, the hallmark of we don't know what team we're going to get, Randy Carlisle and Anaheim Travis Yost of TSN.ca on Twitter, at Travis Yost, joins me on the Domino's delivery line. Guys, get a large four-topping pizza for just eleven ninety nine. Do it today. Carry or delivery. Order at Domino's.ca. That's Domino's.ca. Okay, Travis, let's swing over to the Winnipeg Jets here. Arguably Canada's strongest team in the league. If you were Paul Maurice, how would you optimize the Jets lineup heading into the playoffs? They've won four in a row, seven, two, and one in their last ten. How would you optimize this lineup? Oh, man, here's the tricky part with Winnipeg, and I think we kind of touched on this a little bit last week, but Winnipeg could beat any team in the NHL, and I, and I yeah. genuinely believe that. They are, they are one of the four or five best teams in the world. Um, the problem is they are their, their one weakness is that they are really not a dominant five-on-five team. What, where they have really you know, buttered their bread is they're a good five-on-five team with a top three, top four power play and a top three, top four penalty kill. Special teams has crushed it for Winnipeg this year, but... At 5-on-5, five five, they're a good, not great team, and they are headed for a inevitable, because of this stupid playoff format, <laughs> I had to say it, sorry, a, they are headed for an inevitable second-round playoff matchup against, against the National Predators, who have pretty much obliterated anyone at every, and everyone at 5-on-5 five five for about 40 games now. Um, looking at how Winnipeg generally structures their roster and it structures their lineup, one of the things that really stuck out to me was 
Winnipeg's top pairing, uh, the, the latest iteration of that is really the, the Josh Morris, Morrissey duo. He's been playing a fair amount of minutes with Tyler Myers. That line, when paired with the Ehlers line, has been absolutely dominant. I mean, 57% of the shots at 5-on-5 together in a few hundred minutes. It, it is super impressive what they do as a group, and I think a lot of it is because they move the puck well and they skate really well together. The other interesting thing is, the, the I think Mark Scheifele is a superstar, but the new line that they've kind of created there, he's playing some with Blake Wheeler and some with the rookie, Cal Connor. Um, I, I think that line has a ton of potential, but I, I don't think they have played their best yet. And kind of what you see as you look at how they combine with you know different defensive pairings in Winnipeg is that the, the results aren't dominant. And one of the things that I, I actually get curious about is Kyle Connor to me, looks like a fantastic player. But a lot of this sometimes comes down to chemistry and fit. And I do wonder if because Shifley and, and Wheeler are always going to draw the other team's best competition, is that the best fit for Kyle Connor? Because, you know, against, you know, a second, third, fourth line, he might be the type of guy who can shred a team. But against a, you know, a top line, a top defensive pairing with Shifley and, and Wheeler where expectations are so high, does that make the most sense? I think that's something that I would revisit if I'm Paul Maurice. Um, no smoking gun answer, in my opinion. I mean, the team is really good already, and what they're doing works. Now it's just the next step is trying to perfect what you do in order to be prepared, in order to be ready for this Nashville matchup. Yeah. Uh, now, I, I find this funny, Travis. We got, it seems the Blue Jackets are, uh, are making it a habit each year, go on an incredibly long winning streak, and that rides them into the playoffs. What was it? Last year, 16. They've won 10 yeah. in a row so far, uh, and who knows how much longer that's going to go. So, given how well the Blue Jackets are playing with Bobrovsky in goal and Seth Jones and Wierenski uh, leading the charge, what do you see the Jackets doing in the playoffs? Because they struggled at the start now. Hey, you always love to get hot this time of year. What do you think they'll do come playoff time? I'll say this much. Um, I think they're the most underrated team in the NHL right now. I I genuinely mean that. Um, there There were questions about this roster in the last couple of years. But let's face it, you can make an argument that Bobrovsky could win the Vezina. I mean, he's going to be a finalist. There's no doubt about sure. that. You could make an argument that Seth Jones and Zach Wierenski are the best pairing in the NHL. They're top three. There's no doubt about that. Getting consistently 56% of scoring chances two years in a row, that, that is as dominant as it gets. And they really do, although they don't have a, you know, a quote-unquote you know, franchise-type forward, a superstar-type forward, they really do have pretty quality forward depth. You know, They do have two or three lines that can generate scoring chances and goals um, and have for the majority of this year. And I look at that, and I'm like, okay, you've got pretty deep forwards, an elite first pairing, and an elite goalie. What type of team are you? I'll tell you what they're not. They're not the 14th best team in the NHL, which is around where they are in the standings mm. right now. Um, but, you know, To your point, they're on a 10-game winning streak, a lot of, you know, I, I mentioned this uh, earlier in the week, and I got a lot of pushback. People saying, hey, it's an 82-game season. All these games count. I completely agree. But what matters a lot is if you are making the playoffs, which is a binary, you either make it or don't, how are you playing going into the playoffs? Yes. And Columbus is tearing teams apart right now, a lot like we talked about Nashville last week. Um, you know, Winnipeg's playing really well of late, too. Like, th- these teams are definitely materially playing better than they were in prior periods. And it makes them a tougher draw because they're not going to be your standard three seed in a division because truly they're playing hockey to the caliber of a two or one seed at this point. So again, you know, I I think a lot of it, you know, if you read the Columbus fans' reactions, they've kind of got some ghosts in the closet about you know they're they're terrified about the bad Bobrovsky coming out in the playoff <laughs> series, especially against Pittsburgh. And I get it. 
Um, but look, I I will say this: of any potential underdog team in a series, basically a three, four, or five seed in a series, they are going to be the most talented team in that group. And it's it's pretty much going to be a, you know between them and Toronto. But I actually think Columbus is playing a little bit better than Toronto right now. So yeah, not a team I would want to draw in the first round. No, you just got to get into the tournament, then who knows what can happen. Uh, Travis, last one for you here is Travis Yost from TSN.ca joins us on the Domino's delivery line. Chicago Blackhawks going to miss the playoffs for the first time in a decade. Given they've missed Corey Crawford this season, are they a, a bounce-back candidate next season, or are we starting to see the, the pieces fall away from that dynasty? I, I do think they're a bounce-back candidate, only to the extent that Corey Crawford is a great goaltender. Yeah. Um, what a, they're, they're, they need to write a book at some point about the Blackhawks, where when they were winning like crazy, Crawford was okay, and the team was just so dominant it didn't matter. And then the team was actually not good for like two or three years, and Crawford kept bailing him out. They've had a very weird reversal there, um, but I, I think it speaks to how valuable he is on that team. I do think they're a, I do think they're a definite bounce-back candidate. The issue for Chicago, and will be the issue continually, is how do, they, how do they manage off of some money with how close they are to the cap every single year right. because of these contracts? And, you know, you can defend, in my opinion, the Taves contract, the Kane contracts, like some of these guys, yeah, they might be marginally overpaid, but what are you going to do? Lose them to free agency to some other team and you've got the cap money in your pocket? Like that, that doesn't really make a lot of sense. What's killed them are the subsequent legacy contracts, like, like Brent Seabrook, for example, who is eating up a ton of their cap space. Um, and, and there's really no way out. And he's not, he, he's hardly an NHL defenseman at this point in his career. So they've got to manage off some of that secondary and tertiary money that really isn't helping them in the roster continue to try and find young, talented depth to build around their still core of Kane, Taves, Keith, and so on. And, of course, getting Crawford back is going to help them in a big way. All right, Travis, good stuff as always, bud. We'll do it again next week. Take care, Andy. All right, thank you. Travis Yost, great follow, must follow on Twitter, at Travis Yost, and check out all his great work on tsn.ca. After the break, former Maple Leaf first-round draft pick, current coach of the Leafs affiliate in the ECHL, the Orlando Solar Bears, and founder of the hockey analytics app Stats Track. We're going to tell you after the break, if you ever wanted to start a career in hockey analytics, Drake Barahowski has the answer for you. That's coming up next on TSN Hockey Analytics.